The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via Zoom, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library, live for our 56th live show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library. We have none other than Dominic Definition Man Sprano from Fishy Sarcasm. Yotape, everybody. We have none other than L-Man Jenny Feldy. Hola, good evening. And we have our very special guest who we're going to be talking to, with, and about, which is awesome because he's here, Mr. Mariano Nicieza. Hello, everybody. Questions. Hello. It, it does make it easier to talk to him and about him with him. Yes, when he's here. When he's here because then it's basically it's, if we're talking about him and he's not here, that's just gossip. That's just very true. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Let's make a gossip show. Yeah, we should. We should. It, we kind of do. Isn't well, that what the news yeah, is? that's what the deal is. Let's Which go segue, gossip the news. news time, everybody. So yes, but gossip before we do time. any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the uh, Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is all the way in December. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. It's scheduled for December 17th of 2022. The show is also brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. I love that. And I also want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Cortez, Newsday, Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to have your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefrayer.com. There's a little button on there that takes you right to our Patreon page. And for a dollar a month or more, if you're feeling generous, you can get a shout-out on our show. Whew. All right, so let's see. As we always start off with the sad news, we have a couple bits of sad news for this week. Yep. Um, actor Kenneth Welsh died recently. Um, as of this recording, which is May 11th, 2022, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Ken appeared in such films as Double Negative, Tell Me That You Love Me, Cover Girl, Perfect, that was with John Travolta, uh, The Climb, Loyalties, The House on Carol, uh, Crocodile Dundee Part 2, Physical Evidence, The Big Slice, Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, Time Cop, Legend of the Fall, Portrait of a Killer, Absolute Power, Focus, The Day After Tomorrow, Aviator, The Aviator, Four Brothers, The Exorcist of Emily Rose, The Fog, The Covenant, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, that was part two, uh, Survival of the Dead, Art of the Steel, The Void, Undercut of the Grandpa, The Middleman, and he also appeared on the Twin Peaks TV series as well on ABC. Mr. Dominic Desmond, are you familiar with Kenneth's work? I have to be because I know I've seen some of the movies that you've listed. Um, I wish I could forget uh, Fantastic Four too, <laughs> um, but I did see it. I've seen um, Crocodile Dundee too, which was, let's face it, not nearly as good as the original Crocodile Dundee. 
Um, kind of a weird, weak premise to make him have to go back to Australia. But yeah, I'm. I've definitely seen his work. I'm trying. I I'm seeing his face. I recognize he's, him. He's, as we like to say, he's a that guy actor. He's, he's a that guy <laughs> actor. He's a clearly one of those guys. I ha- I'm really like I'm trying to look up. He, he's also done so much television. Yes. Uh, and a lot of sci-fi. So we, I've definitely seen his stuff. Uh, he he played drunk Santa in uh, Smallville. I was just gonna say he'd make a great Santa. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. He played a drunk one. Uh, oh. So it seems like he was more like a background character actor than than other things. I'm trying to see what. Well, usually in the played. movies that I've seen him, and I, and I yeah. hate this, and I say this in the in the nicest way possible, he usually yeah. played an old white stuffy politician. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. that sounds about right. I'm trying to see what uh, who he played. In Crocodile Dundee too, because that'll really he played that guy. That guy. Played that guy. guy. Yes, he was that guy. Yeah. So so should I should I ask El Man Denny Felder? Should we move on? Just move on. Okay. (laughs) Just (laughs) Just move on. on. I don't really have anything to say other than he make a great Santa, which apparently he already did. Okay. (laughs) Well, good job casting. He didn't make a great Santa. He made a drunk Santa. A great (laughs) drunk Santa. A great drunk Santa. So that's. So he was uh, eighty years old. So That's, moving on uh, for some more sad yeah. news, which yeah. I believe uh, this would be in Mr. Mariano Misiaza's wheelhouse. Artist and all-around cool guy, George Perez, also died yeah. recently from complications of pancreatic cancer. Uh, George Very worked sad. for Marvel and DC, most notably on the Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, the Avengers, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the first part of the Infinity Gauntlet series. Um, we've been talking about him for, for months now when he announced that he was, he was ill, and we celebrated his life. Um, beforehand, so I always like to say, if you're celebrating him while he's still alive, it's much better than waiting until when he dies. Yes. Um, I mentioned I met him in uh, New York Comic Con. Um, he had a line. He was drawing. Very jovial person. But he took the time out to talk to each and every single person that walked up to him, asked him a question. He was very uh, personable. It was a really great experience to meet him and to see him work in front of me. It was a great, great uh, honor for me to have been in his presence. Um, Mr. Mariano, are you familiar with George? Have you worked I, with George? Did you know I am, George? I'm very familiar with George. I had the privilege of working with him, an amazing talent, and, and definitely a, a jovial, outgoing personality. Um, the, the one George Perez story that's always going to stick in my mind is when my brother Fabian and I were young, we were teenagers or even even younger than that, uh, a local mall, a local strip mall had a, a featured artist, a comic book artist that was going to go to the mall, have a table and, and talk to people and do drawings and stuff. And we went and we met the artist and, and he was very talented and, and it turned out it was George Perez. So he was really the first professional that I ever met as a very wow. young man. So, yeah, he's always been, you know, for as long as I can remember, been part of the industry and just uh, an amazing talent. And he's going to be missed, sorely missed. Did you manage to ever tell him that story that you ran into him as a yeah, as a yeah, we did, yeah, we did talk about it. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Dominic Definition, have you ever uh, had the pleasure of meeting uh, George? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, we probably were at the same cons and things, but when I'm in a convention, I'm usually manning a booth. I don't really get a lot of time to walk around. Uh, so I haven't met him, but he drew one of the most famous comic book covers of all time. So you kind of have to 
know be aware of his awareness yeah it's it's sad because like when you hear that someone gets pancreatic cancer it's pretty much that's it and unfortunately he didn't i think he only really got about six seven months at least from when he announced the diagnosis i think it was um november december he announced it yeah yeah so you know everyone go support the lust garden foundation there you go so he was a, a young 67 years old yeah so moving on to the last bit of sad news, we can get out of this, get this okay. out of the way, get out of here, ah. sad news. Um, <laughs> director and screenwriter John R. Cherry III also died recently from Parkinson's disease. John is perhaps best known for being the co-creator of Ernest P. Worrell. Uh, turns out that John was the executive vice president for an advertising agency when he came up with the character. And I always thought it was Jim Varney that made that character. Uh, John went on to direct the TV series starring Jim Varney, as well as the Ernest movies as Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest Scares Stupid, Ernest Rides Again, Slam Duck Ernest, Ernest Goes to Africa. I've never seen that one. Ernest in the Army, which I didn't even know existed. And he also did some non-Ernest movies as The All New Adventures of Laurel and Hardy and Lover Mummy. And Pirates of the Plane. Um, I always felt that uh, I was a big Pee Wee Herman fan and I loved Ernest. And I always felt that there should have been a crossover where Ernest went to Pee Wee's, but it never mm. happened. And I regret that it never happened. Mm. Um, oh, man, Jenny Feldy, are you familiar with Ernest P. Worrell? Yeah, I, uh, but not, not really. Sort of, sort of. I never really understood what it was. Like, <laughs> what... Like was it was he southern? Was he like a swamp creature? Was he <laughs> a hick? I don't know. Uh, is he someone that would do my landscaping? I just, um, yeah, not that familiar. Clearly, he was described as a man who thinks he knows everything but knows absolutely nothing. Okay, that is my a favorite type. Description. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Mariano, are you familiar with Ernest P. Worrell? I'm not, but you kind of just described me, so that's. <laughs> What about you, Dominic? Uh, I wasn't, well, of course I was familiar with Ernst. I wasn't like you familiar with John R. Cherry being the co-creator of Ernest. I thought it was one like something that Jim Varney created and just happened to like get big with it. Um, Jim Varney, unfortunately, did die of cancer. He was a lifelong smoker. Yeah. Uh, John Cherry, it's, it's sad to die of Parkinson's. It's not the Parkinson's that gets you. It's did they give you? Did they give specific reason, or they just say it was due to? to Parkinson's? They just said Parkinson's. So chances are, unfortunately, that he could have aspirated and gotten pneumonia from it. That's the number one killer because you stop being able to swallow well. Uh, and then another aspect is that if you are so unable to move, you might get a stroke, and that can exacerbate things. Sorry. Um, yeah, it, it's it's an insidious disease, and just like I just said, you should donate to the Lars Garden Foundation. You should donate to the Michael J. Fox Foundation because eighty six cents of every dollar goes to research for Parkinson's. And we are oh. not uh, officially sponsored item. It's just a uh, no, saying, "Hey, these guys are cool. These guys are good. I've I've done my research on them. Uh, I've donated to them in the past." Uh, my father had Parkinson's and I actually just got a letter in from them about some of the things that their research, their money has paid for, including deep brain research, mapping more genomes, uh, more therapies. So they are trying to make some advancements and it's worth donating to. All right. So uh, he was a, a young 73 years old, but now let's move on to the not as sad news department. Please. From the, Wonder No More Department. 
following multiple complaints of misconduct in his role as executive producer and director on the new Wonder Years series on ABC, Disney has announced that they are severing ties with none other than Fred Savage, who, in addition to the titles mentioned, was the star of the original series, which also aired on ABC from 1988 mm. to 1993. Disney says, <clears throat> recently we were made aware of the allegations of inappropriate conduct by Fred Savage, and as this policy and investigation was launched, upon its completion, the decision was made to terminate his employment as executive producer and director of The Wonder Years. What makes nice. this interesting is that in 2018, a crew member on uh, Fred's show, The Grinder, which was on Fox, also had filed a lawsuit accusing him of attacking and harassing her on the set of the series, and that was in 2015. But after an investigation into the claims, it found that no evidence of wrongdoing by Fred, and the lawsuit was eventually settled out of court. So as I've said before, I think they should wait to get the information before you fire somebody off of a show. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's interesting a little bit. The last scene I saw Fred Savage do in a film or TV show, he was crazy on drugs. He was breaking things. He was causing a commotion. So maybe he didn't have to make that up too much. That's so mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just, you know, uh, it's easier to act when you've done the things sometimes. Oh, so so speaking as, as an actress, speaking, maybe as, speaking as an actress there, El Man Jenny Philby, as as a uh, was it a minister, right? And you play yes. the nun. Oh yeah, I play a nun. And Are a you nun. practicing minister and or nun? Um, <laughs> what I kind of method not. acting have you done? <laughs> I'm not, but she's right, evil and cold and dicing with her words and honestly that's how i am in real life it's very much just the facts ma'am just the facts i have that written on a pair of pants which i don't wear <laughs> just just the facts we don't need what time are you meeting tomorrow oh well i gotta get my nails done did I? I don't care so no i'm not a bloody nun but you know i care a little bit but like very to the point i'm gonna okay. throw this out there that if they ever make another remake of dragnet jen should play jane friday oh hey. just the facts Write it in. Thanks. Just throwing that in there. Opposite uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, there you uh -huh. go. Who might be a clone. Ooh, okay. I'm not, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. Did, this one, did, nope, nope, don't do it. Don't what do did it. Tom Hanks play Joe Friday? That was uh, in the movie, Dragnet, with... Um, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Dan Aykroyd played Joe Friday. Oh, yeah. Same well then. All right, we're going to move on. We're moving yeah. on to that. Yes. Oh, hold me. on, hold on. You're not no, going to ask right, me about right. my thoughts of no, Fred wait. Savage? It was, <laughs> right. It, it was, no, it was Tom Hanks and, um, and Dan Aykroyd, wasn't it? Yes. You've got something to say about Fred That's Savage. Correct. Yeah, okay. I, I was right. Tom Hanks. Okay, I see I was right. Yes, but right. you said you were implying that the, Tom the Hanks. was mixed up. Got it. But I Tom was Hanks right that they were in the movie together. All right. It was Dan Aykroyd. So Dan Aykroyd could do a good Joe Friday. Dominic, Fred Savage, yes. go. Uh, Fritz, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, I'm reading the Deadline article on it, and mm -hmm. I think, as you said, it's the details about the nature of the allegations are unclear, mm -hmm. but I hear they included verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, no one exactly knows what he did. Mm -hmm. And apparently it... it it's today, enough to get him fired. All it is, like, there just needs to be an allegation. It's sort of, I don't know if we're covering this one, but, like, Frank Langella has been removed from a Netflix show. And Netflix said to him, like, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. The allegation is enough. That's where um, we're at right now. 
And, you know, we, I don't know. It does seem kind of bizarrely serendipitous is that he played a sleazy professor on Boy Meets World, his brother's show, that was inappropriate mm-hmm. with Topanga. Huh. Interesting. You know, it's kind of, sort of bizarre um, that, he, that he did that and played that. And now here we are hearing that there supposedly have been other yeah. times. He could just be an extremely passionate jerk as a director. <laughs> it is possible. The other thing too, like an inappropriate behavior, people immediately jump to sexual, but it could be he's just a jerk and says really mean deriding things to actors that he when he's you're not a getting. horrible actor you should never be in this business again <laughs> yeah just stuff like that that's extremely you know uh uncouth and 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 mean but not and then some actress could have said oh, Fred Savage ruined my self-esteem he said right. I was a bad actress but there's always the possibility that he's just He's not even mean. He's just honest about someone's performance, and then someone's complaining too. I don't know. It's and so vague that it's hard to say. Well, did he really do something, exactly. or someone just doesn't like his directing style? Exactly, Mr. Mariano. Do you have any two cents, or should we move on to the next bit of news? I say we move on on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see. Moving on from the you thought you lost subscribers before department. Due to the substantial, quote-unquote, loss of projected subscribers, as well as the huge drop of their stock value, and the company being sued by its shareholders, none other than Netflix has unofficially announced that a lower-priced tier complete with ads is due by the fourth quarter of this year, which is around October. Executives say our our revenue growth has slowed considerably as our results and forecast below show. Streaming is winning over linear, as we predicted, and Netflix titles are very popular globally. However, a relatively high household penetration, which includes a large number of household sharing accounts, combined with its competition, is creating uh, revenue growth headwinds. The big COVID boost to streaming obscured the picture until recently. While we work to reaccelerate our revenue growth, through implementing to our service and more effective monetization of multi-household sharing, we'll be holding an operating margin around 20%. Netflix is in trouble and they are worried because of all the factors I just mentioned. So now they're going to have ads on Netflix. How many subscribers do you think they will lose if they get ads on Netflix? A lot. Uh, who, who are you throwing this to? Let's throw it to uh, Mr. Mariano. Okay. Are you a Netflix fan? Are you a streaming service fan? I, I do watch Netflix. I do watch Prime. I do watch Disney. I, I've got them all. So there's a, in my humble opinion, there's a couple of things going on here. One, the streaming services are ultimately going to cannibalize each other because there's only so many of these that any household can afford. So you're going to have to start picking and choosing. And since most households have young children, Disney is going to be a very easy go-to as far as the main streaming service. And then you're going to have to cherry pick Prime and, and Netflix and Hulu and all these others. In general, so that's one major point, that no matter what, they were going to be hurting. All of these are going to be hurting, and ultimately there's going to be a couple of winners. The other end of it is uh, the pandemic, COVID. Like we, we're forgetting 
that things were shut down for like a good year and a half, two years. Production of new shows, actual filming, and that's going to hurt all of these streaming services. How many shows that you were watching have been delayed now because they couldn't be produced a year ago or two years ago? It's, it, we're going to see this, this sort of chain reaction into 2022, 2023, maybe even 2024 until things really catch up. So hmm. there are a lot of things, a lot of factors going on here. And then content, you know, at the end of the day, you have to produce shows that a majority of people are going to want to watch. And in some of these, I'm not going to single out Netflix, but some of these have shows that are just unwatchable. So there's my two cents. So will you drop Netflix if they start adding ads? I'm well, going to drop streaming services when I feel that the content is no longer anything that is worth the money that I'm paying on a, on a monthly basis. All right. The ads don't necessarily bother me, but the content will be the, the determining factor for me. Okay. What about you there, Elman? Jenny Felby? I just don't want to live in a world where the only streaming service I have is Disney. So for that reason, I will not have children <laughs> to make sure that I'm ever in this room because I might die in this room. It's very possible unless what psychic said will happen. I'll have multiple properties in warmer weather due to comedy. Anyway, uh, yes, I will not be having children. So I don't die here or anywhere with just the Disney streaming services. That's my final thought. All right, Dominic, what do you, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, first of all, I didn't know that we were at Final Thoughts. That's I think she's jumping the show here real quick. So I, I agree with Mariano in terms. It's all about content, and I feel that Netflix has been very slow to roll out content that I want to watch. I often go to Netflix, and I'm like, oh, there's really nothing on here right now that that piques my interest. Um, not to say that it currently i'm i'm watching season five of outlander on on netflix and i've been still doing my very slow seinfeld binge on it but the other night before outlander came out i went to look for something to watch on netflix and i was like nothing really i want to watch um it really is as as mariano said like i'll start dropping services if i feel the content's not there right now for my money i feel the best streaming service uh network out there is actually paramount plus not that i'm trying to endorse them but i just feel like they're constantly putting out content that i want to watch every thursday there is a new star trek show whether you like it or not right you know there is they constantly and when one starts ending another one starts up so picard just ended and strange worlds just started like they're consistently owning thursday as star trek day Hmm. right I think it's smart. It, I'm never not watching Paramount Plus on a Thursday. And there are numerous other things that I'm enjoying watching. Now, you'd go to uh, Disney, and they're constantly having these big, giant gaps of time in between stuff that I want to watch. I just finished watching Moon Knight. Why am I waiting three weeks to watch um, Kenobi? Kenobi should have come out on May 4th. Why they're making it come out the last Wednesday, I have no idea. Like, they're Disney. Disney should know how to do this. So Netflix is falling into the same problem. They're just not coming out with properties and things that I want to watch as much as I used to. Um, I'm not going to downgrade to a thing that has uh, ads on it. I'll stick with a higher thing to watch. But they need to come up with more stuff. And they need to come up with, as, as Mariana said, content that 
families want to watch and, and it appeals to a general audience. I was just listening to a Joe Rogan podcast that came out today with Gad Set, and they're saying like a lot of this wokeism um, content is turning people off. And I agree with that too. It's all about mm-hmm. the content and they're not producing content that makes me want to keep watching Netflix and they're not acquiring it. Like Outlander and Better Call Saul are not Netflix properties, but they get the rights to show it. They better start acquiring content faster. As a, a friend of the show, um, Sam Vera likes to coin the phrase, a brokepreneur. As a brokepreneur, <laughs> I am using someone else's Netflix passwords. I'm staying yeah. with Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, but they they made that possible in that like you can share have multiple profiles. But they don't like that anymore. <laughs> well, then don't have that as the then then just get rid of that as the possibility that everyone has to have their own individual Netflix. But that's kind of stupid. And that also will lose subscribers. Yeah. So just start putting out better content. It's really just simple as that. Put out better content. Don't put out a piece of content that's about what was it? Uh, I think they called it cuties or something. Like 12 oh, year olds yeah, finding their yeah. sexuality. Do you know how many yeah. people found that offensive? And then there was always a uh, lot of people found that offensive. I thought that was a horrible thing. And someone, and there's always someone out there who's like defending it. And someone, well, I mean, it was. Oh, you don't was, understand uh, what it's really about. Like, I don't care what it's about. If you're sexualizing a, a kid, it's not right. It was a foreign film and they just acquired it. So it wasn't that they made the movie. No, but don't acquire that. <laughs> Acquire means you choose what you're buying. Like this is true. It, it, apparently, it was a very popular movie in whatever film festival oh, they got. I'm sure it was amongst <laughs> pedophiles. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that that's a uh, that was that was the thing. So yeah. moving on. So Please. last bit of news. Last bit of news before we take our break, and it's a quick one from the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. That is your favorite department, Mark. It is. The new (laughs) Doctor Strange film has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $187.4 million in ticket sales, knocking off the new animated flick, The Bad Guys, which made an additional $9.5 million in its third week of release. For those of you keeping track, the new Batman film is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $369 million, followed by the second third Spider-Man film at $231 million. Keep in mind that Spidey is still last year's 2021 highest grossing film, and Doctor Strange already is at number three. So with less than a minute to go for our break, do you mm-hmm. think that Doctor Strange will surpass Batman? Dominic. Yeah, it's Marvel. So, uh, that's it. It's Marvel is going to go. Marvel it just makes better movies. All right. Oh, man, Jenny Felody, what do you think? It's going to surpass or not? Yeah, sure. Come to me for all your Marvel movies. I know everything about Marvel. <laughs> Hit me out, Mariano. Final thought for our break. You think it's going to? I enjoyed it, and I'm sure it's going to do well. But you think it's going to do well enough to beat Batman as the highest grossing film of this year? Yes. Oh, all right. Doctor Strange has been out for what? A week? Less than a week? Yeah, one week. Yeah, less less than seven days. Let's talk two months from now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, if everybody's watching our show, they'll be able to keep track of this because we do it every week. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back if you came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. 
This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Radio, officially Big Apple Con, for our live show, 56 live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library in East Metal, Long Island, uh, where they have tons and tons of free programming on their website, both virtual and in-person, some hybrid. Um, so make sure you guys go check out www.eastmetal.info for more of your programming needs. I am here with none other than Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic Destination Esperanto. Hi, everybody. <laughs> man, Jenny Bellaby. Good day, good evening, good morning, good life. And- and our special guest, Mariano Nicieza. Hello. Now, Mariano, you've been on our show quite some time. I've known you for, for many, 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 many years. My pleasure. So why don't you just catch us up with what have you been doing since the last time you've been on our show? I think the last time I was on the show was before LA Comic Con and before we published mm-hmm. and premiered a new line of comics that we're doing through Apex Comics Group. So those are now out in the marketplace. They've been successfully crowdfunded and some are available still on, on Indiegogo uh, through crowdfunding. And we're building some new crowdfunders for later on in the year to promote variant covers and other, other things associated with those projects. So one was, um, I'll, I'll show you. One was the right project this happens to be the the special variant chrome cover and this brings together tom defalco ron friends and sal Bisema, industry legends the other project is the outer spaceman which is based on a vintage toy line from the 60s and that was done by my brother fabian nisiesa and chris batista fantastic artist and last but not least, near, to my, near and dear to my heart, Phaser Universe. And that is uh, a creation of mine, which is now 20 years strong. And I had Matt Gaudio, uh, a fantastic young talent, join me on that project. So people so, listening to us on the radio, you can go to our website, uh, YouTube page, and you can see all the items that he's holding up. And Indiegogo, Apex Comics Group is the is the the buzzword to use so that's that's kept me entertained it's been uh, amazing to work with these talented folks and it's just been a lot of fun having fun with it all so jen are you are you with us you have a question for Mariana? i know you said you had a lot yeah um okay so my first one my first one is ready i'm ready okay so in (laughs) In an alternate universe, you created Jean Grey and Bruce Banner and Roe, correct? Right? No. Is it alternate or the official ones? No. Those those characters are Marvel characters that were created by other writers. But you drew them, no? I I may have played in that sandbox. I, I, I wear a lot of different hats. So one of the hats that I wear is as a writer. And when I was at Marvel back in the 90s, I, I had the, the privilege to, to be published as a, as a writer maybe 20 times over by Marvel. And I had the opportunity to work on different titles, anthology titles that allowed me to, to work with different characters. But what were those characters you mentioned again? I'll tell uh, you. Jean actually... Grey, Bruce Banner, Rogue. So my point is, yes. um, well, specifically, what did you do with them? And after that, 
who would you want to go on vacation with? Who would you want to go in business with? <laughs> because I, I checked it on your website and it says created by this. And I was like, really? This is a lot to create. <laughs> so I was a little confused. You have someone confused here in Syosset. That's okay. It's all good. I, I'm here to help. I'm here to help and ease the confusion. Yeah, I want to know what you did with these people. What did you do with Jean Grey? <laughs> so I think I did a, a what-if story with okay. X-Men that included Jean Grey. I don't remember now because that was a while ago. So uh, usually if I did what-if stories, I ended up killing some characters. So I mean, <laughs> kill Jean Grey. I'm, I'm sorry to say. I don't, I'm not, I don't remember 100%. You're, you're not the first... <laughs> <laughs> you won't be the last. Yeah, that's right. She's Phoenix. She just keeps, she just keeps going back. back, you know. So at Marvel, I, I made a conscious decision to play in their sandbox as a writer. I, mm-hmm. I used characters that were in the, in the company canon and characters that had been created by other folks. And I just kind of played with them a little, did some stories, and, and off I went. Got On it. my own, I created phaser universe and individual characters which i I said have been around in one shape or another trading cards comic books for about 20 years so agent three zero is one of the characters i created black ray is another character and phaser is is another and blue sultan so those are like four main characters that i've created and are i'm i'm currently playing with so who would I go on vacation with? Who would yeah, I... and who would you go into business with? Razor. <laughs> he, he time travels. He's got a thousand superpowers. So if I was going to do anything, that's the guy I'd be with. Because it's kind of like being with the genie that can do whatever. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I'm curious. Mm. If you had a genie, what would be your three wishes? Probably immortality. And if you're immortal, then really everything else falls into place. Um, Well, think about it. It gives you time to amass wealth. It gives you time to meet people and and have relationships or whatever. So really, I don't need three wishes. I just need one. (laughs) Wow. So And time to be jaded. (laughs) Give up on life. (laughs) Imagine giving up on life as an immortal person. You go all the time in the world. You're like, I gave up. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) um, Mariano's giving away his other two wishes. Do you have a question for Mariano? (laughs) First of all, don't wish for immortality without wishing for eternal youth. Yes. Thank you. Because you... (laughs) I think that's part of like the you know the, the catch twenty two right yeah if you forget about eternal youth you just get older and older and old kind kind of like the Green Mile you know you don't want mm. you don't want that to happen uh, my big question is uh, so how's spacemen going at that because when I did that interview the owner of those characters was I think he had like five espressos and was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> So I just want to know how's that how's that property doing? Because he That's made a, it sound like I was going to see it on every billboard in the city. So our man Gary Schaefer, yeah, so, and yes, he's he's fun. He's just fun. I, if I'm if not put a camera in front or a microphone yeah, in front of him. He, I I just sat there and was like, okay, <laughs> uh, sure. 
And I'm not saying so, I don't believe in his vision. I just want to know how it's doing. So, as with all things, uh, you you put something out there. Now they have nurtured this property. It's been a line of action figures, bendy figures, six inch action figures, twelve inch action figures. So and and three and a half inch action figures. So they they continue to thrive in that market. And whenever you do that, you kind of expand to other areas, which is where we are. So we're just getting started with the comic. The Fabian, who's a terrific writer, even though he's my brother, I'll say he's a terrific writer, co-creator of Deadpool, <laughs> has done some amazing things with his career. Uh, he has Don't tell Lytle little... that. <laughs> why? Why? I don't know. I don't know either. So we're not even going to... I'm not even going to... Yeah, whatever. Something um, about him. I've seen the plans for what he has for the outer spaceman, and I know what's coming down the pike. So there, there's some terrific stuff that's going to be going on with that story, and it's just a great blend of action, adventure, and science fiction. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out something um, on on your Wikipedia page for Marvel. Oh, it boy. has you down as creating... which I didn't write, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it has going. you down. Wikipedia as... is never wrong. No, not Wikipedia. The Marvel Wikipedia. Different They're thing. lying. <laughs> but it it does have you down as being the creator whenever you wrote the what if. So it, that's why it was quote unquote you yeah. created those characters. Just oh, wanted to clarify. Oh, oh, oh. That's that's where she got like, that from. I'm that's what she got with that a from. Freaking legend here, or something's <laughs> off. Or I was like, I'm gonna, only I'm gonna... only a legend in my own mind. <laughs> You've done some legendary. Yeah, I, I don't know. What's, 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 your, what's, your, what's your next one, Jen? What do you got? All right. Uh, you created Candela. On the cover, it reads, you can't have a light without darkness. So what elements, personality behaviors, behaviors, thought tendencies, or in your darkness? So that is a... Wait, what? Rewind on that one. What's what's uh, what? Anything? What's in your darkness? Anything? Any elements of your personality? Behavior? Thoughts? Goodness in my personality. (laughs) So that particular character, if you look carefully at that byline, it there's um, uh, Rachel Platt is a young lady that I uh, nurtured along with this. She is the the co-creator and the writer of that series. So she's developed a character that um, is imbued with an energy and it makes her very powerful. But at the same time, there's a flip side to that coin and it brings out her, her darkness. It brings out her, her inner dark. Mm-hmm. So that project is under development and I'm not going to say too much more about it because when the time comes, it's going to be launched and there's going to be all sorts of information. But for now, just know that, that dichotomy is based on on magic and uh, something that she willingly accepts and then mm. starts to turn on her. Does she accept the match <laughs> to light her up? <laughs> I am Mandela. I got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always uh, wondering about the whole comic book world in and of itself, and this is something I don't think I've ever asked you, Mariano. Why would you want to go and be a crazy person and make your own comic book publishing company? So when I was a a young child, it all it all comes back to childhood. This is like sitting on a on a on a psychiatrist couch. It really does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. I uh, um, 
so when, you, when I was a young child, first I was born in Argentina, so I, I wasn't born in this country. So I was born in a Spanish speaking country. And in Argentina, the comics that they had there were translated DC comics, Green Lantern, Batman, Superman, all the old early 60s comics. So my mom, to get my brother and I interested in reading, would buy us comics. And we got used to reading comics in Argentina in Spanish. And then I was eight years old. My brother was five years old. And my parents sort of uprooted and brought us to the U.S. And it was literally being strangers in a strange land because, you know, you grow up in a Spanish speaking environment and now get yanked out of there and plopped here and billboards, street signs, like you name it, everything was foreign. Everything was weird and strange. But the one thing that we were familiar with were those colorful characters. So even though they were in a language we didn't understand, we gravitated to comics in the U.S. And it was actually comics and coloring books that helped us to learn English. And that's a true story. So the concept of comics and, and, and the fun has been with me since childhood. And it's never really left. I, I entered the art world. I became an art director in magazine publishing, and, and I've done stuff in, in, um, in the trade show industry, designing three-dimensional exhibits and all sorts of things, but I've never lost the passion for comics, and I've always loved comics, and I still do, and I probably will to my dying day. I still read a comic book every day, so why am I doing it? Because I've got stories to tell, because I want to have fun. That, that's why I'm doing it. Dominic, you got one? Uh, I have yeah, two. Dominic, you got one? Edward. I got one. I got, I got, I got nothing but questions. Um, first off, though, I, I do have a question, not from me, but from uh, the, the staff. Uh, what I was, was going to get to that, but go uh, ahead. Well, you didn't get to it fast enough, did you, Mark? <laughs> it's just sitting there for you to read, but no, you had to ask your own question. I really do need spotlighting. I, I need better lighting, like a spotlight yeah. to come on. All right, get it. Uh, what, what does the staff want to know? They wanted to know what you thought of the MCU Moon Knight series. And do you agree it needed uh, at least one more episode because it felt rushed? So here's a, here's a little something about Mariano that only it came from the radio will know. Ooh, so what first is off, it? Good job, uh, EMPL staff, with that question. Then we're going to get an exclusive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So because I read comics all the time, I've gotten to the point where I don't want to read a comic unless I've got the entire batch, the entire five issues or six issue story arc. And then I read them all in a row. So guess what happens with streaming service television? You do the same thing. You I binge it watch it all. Okay. So I have not seen Moon Knight. I, I know that the last episode dropped a week ago, was it? Yep, mm -hmm. last week, yeah. Okay, week. so I will be watching Moon Knight probably this week or next week, and, and I'll binge watch it. I just got done watching Ozarks. So, oh, so good. Yeah, it was good. It was see, good. See, like, that was good content by Netflix. They need to yes, stop yes, that like that. Going back to that. But anyway, I, I'm obviously I grew up with Moon Knight, so I've seen all the different iterations of Moon Knight. So I'm very curious, and I love the actor, the lead actor that plays in that, on that show. If I, if I had to do Phaser as a TV show, I would want to talk to him to be a lead on that show. So uh, I, I guess I'll have to like shoot you an email and let you know my thoughts on Moon Knight. Bateman, uh, Bateman would want to direct, though, just so you know. He did a lot of the directing of uh, Ozark. Uh, my personal question is, did you 
keep in touch with your Argentinian roots or did you become completely sort of Americanized? And That's a great question. That's really a great question. Um, I'm, I'm at an advanced old age. I, I'm, it doesn't you look, look good. that way. I, I know it doesn't look that way, but, but I'm an I old, think I look old man. <laughs> like a lot of gray. I look the oldest. That's why we um, don't have your picture up. Uh, yeah, we're ageists. <laughs> so when my parents came over, uh, we obviously, obviously left a lot of family behind. And we did take a couple of trips to go back from, from time to time over the decades. Uh, but really, I have become very Americanized. I still speak Spanish. It's funny, when I speak Spanish, I'm speaking with an accent. Like they, anyone who's like a, a Spanish speaker, you know, I don't sound right when I, when I speak Spanish. Um, and sadly, a lot of family has passed away. I, I stay in touch on, on Facebook and other social media with some family, some that's here and some that's still in Argentina, but a lot of them have passed away, sadly. So um, uh, distance and time has, has torpedoed that question. I hear you. Would you ever Sorry. want to try and tell uh an Argentinian story, a story taking place in Argentina, whether it's your own personal story or uh, a story set there? Do you yes, I, yes. The answer is yes. And I'm working with, with talent in Argentina. Ariel Olivetti, a, a great guy and an amazing talent. And we've worked together over the years on Phaser. And we're working on something that's going to be released in the near future. Um, so, yes, the, the door is always open for that. So the answer to that is yes. I think that'd be fascinating. I would love to read that comic. Then I'll do it just for you. Yes. All right, Elman, Jenny, Philly, do you have anything else for our uh, uh, therapy session with Mariano? Um, yes. He's on a couch. You know, she's on a couch. It, it kind of works. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, the palpable desire in your heart is speaking to me. This is more of the psychic than the therapist. Uh, what themes and ideas or plots will we see in your future storytelling? That's a great question. So oh. um, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek over the decades. Mm-hmm. And the story, I, I can't do it. I don't, I, I, can't, I can't, I want to, but I can't. I'll have to do like William Shatner and tape my fingers to, to do that. Um, you guys are good. You guys are good. I'm an alien though. <laughs> uh, I try to infuse any story I tell with a human element uh, because I see comics and entertainment as a way to, to reflect societal ideas and societal concepts. I, I don't enjoy stories that bash you over the head with it, but I, I do like to sort of infuse it and either make it the A story or the B story, but to have some human elements in it. So my stories, if, if you pick up some of the Marvel stuff from the past, or if you pick up some of my modern stuff now, what you're going to find in a, the similar vein there is going to be that there's at the core of it, at the heart of it, is some human element, some human interest to, to grab you. Interesting. Interesting. Absorbing that. Absorbing that. So more human, less alien. Got it. <laughs> or using an alien with human attributes. Oh, yeah, like I see. Superman, okay. yeah. So, 
since you've worked for the big companies and you've worked for an independent company and you've had your own independent company, what is the biggest difference that you can uh, share with our audience of working for all these different companies? Wonderful question, sir. There's one word, freedom. And then another word, flexibility. So uh, when you're working with a, a large corporation and you're working with, you know, you can't just do something. You, you have to go through channels. You have to go through a, a chain of command. Uh, corporations and companies are, are, I've used this analogy before, and I'm not being negative about it. I'm just being factual about it. They're, they're like military operations. There's a general, there's a colonel, there's a lieutenant, there's, you know, there's a whole chain of command that you have to go through to get something done. Are ideas accepted? Yes, ideas are accepted. Are, you know, do things get done? Yes, things get done. But when you're, you're your own boss and your own man, you, you're kind of a maverick. You can do whatever the hell you want whenever you want. No one's going to tell me, you know, if I don't want to do something, I'll explain to you why I don't want to do it. But it's not because someone's telling me it can't be done. So that's the biggest difference. Autonomy. But with that loss, with that autonomy, you don't get the machine of that corporation behind you. Correct. You lose a lot. Yes. Yes. You don't have the marketing department and the sales department of this. You have to wear multiple hats. You have to be a true entrepreneur. Yeah. You don't get that Disney money. You don't no, get the Disney money. money. <laughs> no. I want that Disney money. That actually brings me a follow-up question. What would you do as an independent creator if you got Disney money? If you had, uh, what do they call those? Uh, an angel investor. An angel investor right now. What would be the first thing you would do? So I, I've harped on crowdfunding a couple of times in this conversation because I see crowdfunding as the future of the comics industry because crowdfunding is the angel investor. So if I had an angel investor, I would do exactly what I'm doing now, but I would ramp it up a thousand fold. I am trying to nurture new talent. I'm trying to bring new concepts into the industry. I'm trying to develop new material, not the rehashed material that you see over and over from the large companies. And why? Because there's less risk to that. If you put out a new Batman uh, comic or you put out a new Spider-Man comic, there's like, you know, 80 years, whatever of history behind that. And, and therefore, you know, the bean counters will tell you that's a better chance to sell as opposed to creating something brand new, which is a risk. But I would take that risk. I would nurture new talent because there's there's a new Stan Lee out there. There's a new Jack Kirby out there. There are all sorts of new folks that, that could bring a lot into the industry, but they'll never be heard unless they're given a chance. Oh. All right. So we are at social media time. So speaking of giving people a chance, where can people find out more about you, your work? Go. So uh, I, again, Indiegogo and Kickstarter, Apex Comics Group, are two platforms that we're currently using heavily to, to promote and to push all these new projects. Uh, there's a website, apexcomicsgroup.com, and you can find all sorts of information there. So those are the two major areas. I, I've got folks that I work with that, that do Twitter and, and Facebook and so on. So there's Apex Comics Group is in all of these platforms. But um, my main activity is getting material ready for these crowdfunders so that I can spring them on the world and make them real. All right. So Jen, you have another quick question. Great work. Um, okay. Last question. 
we use art to, well, many people use art to tell messages that they think the world needs to hear. Um, some people call them conspiracy theorists, maybe storytellers uh, or warriors. Are there any messages that you feel so compelled that you have to get out through your art? Yeah, this is going to sound corny, but it comes from the heart, and that is love. I think humanity just needs more love. If you, yeah. if we, if we infuse and inject that simple concept into everything we do, I think we would see major changes everywhere. Yeah, just I could stand to do things more with love and less worry. There's a lot of worry. So thanks for the reminder. I'm going to do that the rest of the night. Dominic, do you have uh, some positivity and love you want to throw out? Sure. Um, <laughs> in the no. form of a question? <laughs> yeah, in the form of a question, yeah. Uh, going back to our off-air conversation, if Jeff Bezos gave you a chance to ride that rocket, would you do it? <laughs> Probably not. I, I'm with I, you I, on that. I, I, love, I love to write about you know flying through the sky and br- breaking through brick walls, but I'm kind of a coward. I, I don't know if I'd want to be in that cramped capsule and uh, shot up you know, at hyper speed. I, I don't know. But didn't Bill say this is something everyone should experience? What? Actually, you know what? I, I would want to, to physically see outer space because to this day, I haven't gotten the answer as to what it looks like truly looks like the sky looks like on the moon or mm-hmm. in outer space because the photos that we see are from cameras that are, are adjusting the lens and supposedly blocking out so is outer space what jack kirby has shown us with bright colorful you know stars and colors and stuff or is outer space like a solid black sheet that doesn't make sense to me so i, I would love to actually with my own eyes see what outer space looks like so maybe you would take the ride or maybe i would maybe yeah. i would if Bill well, went with, with, with you again, I would, would you know what? I would do the space elevator. Eventually, they're going to have the space elevator. It's a true concept. Right. What? When to they the moon. do, that's something I would do because I, I feel that would be safer than just shooting up in a rocket. That's fair. That's fair. That's interesting. Ah. So, Google it. Google it. it was a movie. I have, I have heard thing. of it. I have heard of it. I have. Real thing. They, it, it would be anchored by gravity to a space station or to something else and then take 24 hours to start from the ground and make it back up. Yeah. It would yeah. literally be an elevator that takes you into outer space. Yeah. There was a movie or a TV show I watched where they had a space elevator and they had to attack the space elevator it was going on the moon or something like that. It was a concept with William Shatner and William yeah. Shatner's war chronicles. That, that was something mm. we injected into that some back in, wow. you know, whenever that was super but scary. It's true. it's true. So we have, I think one- there should be two one. So like it goes both ways. <laughs> so you don't have to wait for the next one. Imagine no, waiting wait. for the next like, elevator. Oh, oh, my God. Down. You you're imagine like you're seeing, and you're like, imagine you missed that elevator. Yeah, like, exactly. oh, the, oh. You had to wait back three days for, for it to come back yeah. down. <laughs> Terrible. So with I don't even than, like to be in the car for an hour. <laughs> with less than three minutes to go, I want to use this opportunity to mention that um, my book is going to be coming out through Apex Comics Group this summer. So in theory, when this nice. airs, designated will be on there and mariana do you want to take a quick mention to to talk about what what uh what plans you have for that book so the samples that you saw of material like this is exactly what we're going to do the format and the look is going to be exactly what we're going to do with designated we've been working on designated for quite a few years and i i love the concept and you should talk a little bit more about the concept but um, from from a, a physical production standpoint, it, it's they're going to be very slick publications and they're going to be fabulous. 
Ooh, I like I like the sound of that. So we have less than two minutes to go. So Dominic, definition of Asperano. Do you have a final thought for us? Uh, Lust Garden Foundation, Michael J. Fox Foundation, and go support uh, Apex Comics. Apex Comics Group. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, Jenny Felder, you have any final thoughts? My final thought is a note to self shared with you. I will be committing to doing things with more love and less worry. And I think that'll help uh, the productivity to be less uh, taxing on my health. So more love, less worry. Boom. Thank you for that. So if I've influenced one person, (laughs) then I feel it's time well spent. All right. So Mr. Mariano, final uh, thought for the show. No, just again, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Great chatting with both of you. And uh, we'll do it again. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. So my final thought is this. Um, Make sure you guys support independent comic creators. Bias excluded, of course. Um, (laughs) That is the way of the future. Um, Yes, it is true with a bigger risk. But you never know what gems you might find as opposed to keep on getting the same old, same old, same old, same old thing. You know, Mm. it's one of the Ferengi laws of acquisition. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Way to tie it together. Nicely done there, Dominic. Thank you. That's what so I that about does it for this I week. This is why you pay me the no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, remember, I'm a brokerneur. So yeah. that about does it for this week on the Came From Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show. Tough. Go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen to your archives. will be up any week or so. Um, make sure you guys go check out the East Metal Public Library. That's www.eastmetal.info. Um, for tons and tons of free programming one of which is our live show which uh, next one will be our 57th live show and it will be on june the 8th with um comic book uh creator uh animator and teacher michael gracia so with that we're going to take it easy and we'll see you next time You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.